This is Victoria of TheUnleashedHeart.com, and you're listening to Grieving Voices, a podcast for hurting hearts who desire to be heard, or anyone who wants to learn how to better support loved ones experiencing loss. As a 30-plus year griever and advanced grief recovery method specialist, I know how badly the conversation around grief needs to change. Through this podcast, I aim to educate grievers and non-grievers alike, spread hope, and inspire compassion toward those hurting. Lastly, by providing my heart with ears and this platform, grievers have the opportunity to share their wisdom and stories of loss and resiliency. How about we talk about grief like we talk about the weather? Let's get started. This episode is sponsored by Do Grief Differently, my 12-week in-person or online program that helps grievers who have suffered any type of loss to feel better. In Do Grief Differently, you learn new tools, education, and a method you can utilize the rest of your life. In this program, and with my guidance, you remove the pain of grief. The sadness will always be there because even in complicated relationships, we love but it's the pain of grief that keeps us stuck. Are you ready to do grief differently? Check out my website, www.theunleashedheart.com to learn more. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Grieving Voices. Today, my guest is a recap episode, a Where Are They Now, with my second guest of Grieving Voices when I first launched in 2020, Patty Hare. And so thank you so much for being here and catching us all up on the past three years. Can you believe it? Almost three years. It'll be, yeah, it'll be three years in September since we initially recorded. That's that wild to me. <laughs> the original episode was episode 13 and it was titled Widow, Miscarriage, and IVF. And a lot's changed. <laughs> yeah. So let's go back in time and talk about a little bit about that struggle with becoming pregnant and and your life at that time and and what has happened since well i it was kind of it wasn't fresh but the being a widow was still fresh i guess and when i got pregnant i was like oh my gosh how did how did this happen i mean obviously no how but why you know um i couldn't give my husband my first husband a baby and now i'm pregnant with someone who isn't my husband. And so it was, that was a struggle to do, but now looking back, it's crazy how I feel like he placed every single child into my life. He knew. You had a struggle getting pregnant and you went through IVF. Mm-hmm. How, and I know your last child though. <laughs> he was an oopsie. He was a surprise. <laughs> yeah, it was not, not IVF. A- so can you no. explain a little bit like what you've learned about infertility and about all of that, you know, experience. I I questioned it. I was like, did we need to do IVF? Do we need to spend all this money? Like why, you know, how did we get pregnant so quickly after Nori, blah, blah, blah. But absolutely secondary infertility is still a thing. And I don't think had anything to do with stress or anything. I just think that um, when you have a baby and when you get pregnant, like your body almost like resets. And I think that's kind of what happened. I think my body reset and I ovulated one month and surprise, surprise. (laughs) And we didn't think we could get pregnant. So (laughs) divine timing, I suppose. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So how far apart are are they? 
They're 20, 22, uh, 23 months apart because she's December and he's November. So, okay. Yeah. That's so fun. You know, my young, my older two are 18 months apart and oh. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't really? change it. No. <laughs> it's no. hard for me. Nori is kind of hard, but. Yes. It, my last one was a little hard, and oh. <laughs> but she, they're, um, the girls are two years apart. Mm. So, but I did have them all within cool. f- four years. Yeah. But I, don't I, wouldn't know how you did it. I wouldn't change it. It was kind of, it was crazy. It's, you know, those years are a blur for sure, but mm-hmm. now I wouldn't change it, you know? Well, yeah, I think when they get older, it'll be better. Cause oh, yeah, I'll have absolutely. yeah each other. And, but right now it's life is crazy. My house is messy. My house is lived in and yeah, life is good. Grace. <laughs> but three is a crowd. <laughs> grace, grace, grace. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of grace to go around. I always warn people. I'm like, just so you know, I have three kids and it's a mess in here. <laughs> and why do we think we need to apologize? Right? Yeah. I don't know. I know. <laughs> Cause some women have their lives together. <laughs> I do not. (laughs) Well, and you know, it's like a lot, everybody's circumstances and situations are different too. You know, it's, you know, it's, I think in this day and age too, where you're working outside the home and then you come home and, you know, they call that the second shift Mm -hmm. that didn't exist for a lot of women way back when, like for, well, I'm not working right now, but you are. Well, I am. Yes. You're right. You're right. You are, you are, but we're home all the time. And I think that's part of it is like, when you do work, your house stays a little bit cleaner for a little bit longer because the kids aren't in it. That's true. That's very true. (laughs) When you're home all day, they're here all day. There's a trade-off there. There is a trade-off. So you are also a client of mine. When we Mm -hmm. first initially recorded, it was uh, shortly before that, like the year before that you had gone through the grief recovery program. And how do you think that that has I mean, does it still influence your life in certain aspects or ways? Mm -hmm. It's still a huge eye opener for me. Like I still tell people about it and it's still kind of like in awe. Like I went in to do this about my husband who passed away and I did about someone who was living like it just in awe, like how people grieve and who they grieve. And it kind of just puts it into perspective and I think it, it's still, and I still like, I don't write letters out anymore, but I do them in my head kind of, or like in my heart, I guess. Cause it's been nine years. Like recently it would June 9th was nine years for me. So, but mm. I still, I mean, I still struggle with that living person every day, every single day. So, and how have you managed to have a relationship with this person to, kind of make my, not my life easier, but to manage my life and my, um, well-being I've distanced, I guess, in a, in a way I'm not close with that person, but I still have a relationship with them. And I think that's the gift of going through grief recovery is that you realize where, where you need boundaries, yes. maybe where you didn't have them. Would you say that that helped yes. you kind of implement mm-hmm. those boundaries? Yep. And it's, it's, I used to feel guilty about it. Like not having that person close. Cause like my grandpa's always like, Oh, we need to like be together on holidays and you know, they're your family and blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, I can still have a relationship and have boundaries and still save my heart and my family's heart a little bit and our feelings, I guess. Yeah. 
have you experienced any loss since we last recorded? Not personally, but um, friends, I guess. Um, Not super close friends, but some friends. And then just in the community, they've had losses. Uh, There was just a widow last week. I guess a lady, a woman in Wishick that lost her husband to a tragic accident. And I had planned on going to the funeral and I just could not it leading up to the funeral. I got very anxious and I just, I wanted to be there, but I knew it was not going to be good. So could not do it. Have you thought about working on that relationship with your deceased husband? I haven't, but <laughs> it has been nine years. You think I'd be over it by now, but it just, well, there's things and it's, it was the day like June 9th was the day we buried him. It was my fifth wedding. Like it was my, we got married on that day. Like my now husband <laughs> like, I picked a really good day to do all this, but then also, so that person, that lady in town buried her husband on June 9th. And I just, mm. it was too, too much on June 9th. And then there's this, there's a lot in history on June 9th for people in Wishick as well. There's just a lot of, a lot of in the mid, beginning of June. I don't know why now, like a lot of, a lot of grief in the beginning of June, but oh. yeah. And it's, I want to circle back to what you said, like it's been nine years, I should be over it by now. And I think we tell ourselves that even two, three, four years in, 40 years in. Mm-hmm. You know, people would say that people say that to other people, you should be over it by now. The thing is, is what that process and you know this, what that process helps you do is become emotionally complete so that when those days come, they aren't as they don't feel as sharp. You know, it's like it, Mm -hmm. it kind of softens the hurt a little bit, you know. I should have done a letter that day, but like, cause I'm good with the day with Jared, good with it, but like, I know how to manage it. But then when that funeral came up, it was, it was hard. It's and close. I knew like, yeah. So I took a salad and I did some things around the church, but I just couldn't do the funeral. And that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. And I didn't even know him really that well. I just know her and her family and it's still just, I mean, it brings back so many memories and it's hard for that day. I had someone ask me yesterday, you know, what do you, they're going to go visit somebody who's very ill and, and, and dying essentially. And she had asked me, what do you, what do you say to somebody who's dying or what do you say to somebody who's going through something like that? And because you had that experience of being a widow, is there anything that you would have liked to have said to her or would like to share with anybody listening who may be experiencing that right now that that you found helpful or that, you know, from your experience that you would like mm-hmm. to share? Looking back um, during like the planning process, I don't feel like I was there really because I don't like then a year later, we buried my husband's dad. He died, passed away a year, the day before a year later. and. I feel like I don't remember planning any of that stuff. I feel like I left it into a lot of the family's hands. And sometimes I wish I would have been more involved in picking things. And, um, but I just emotionally could not do it. Um, so I just think like, as for, as far as advice, um, grieve, like how you want, because, and there's no timeline. Like I say, I should be over it, but there really is no timeline. And there are some people that are quick to judge and, 
it's been this long, you know, but can you really put a timeline on that? I don't know. I don't think you can with children, with husbands, with anyone in your life. Like, I don't think you can put a timeline on how long you should grieve because, or how, like, I just don't think, so I feel, I always, and I have told a widow this, like, you should just grieve how long you want, how you want. Don't let people influence you. Um, keep, keep those people close that want to be close, like let them in because that's, those are your true friends. I lost people, lost friends when Jared died. And it's not like I did anything. Like I'm not the one that made him pass away and I still lost friends. So I just feel like your life will change and you're just going to have to learn how to cope with that. And I think your class would be a great option for that when you're ready. I don't think you should have to do it right away or push to do it right away, but eventually you need to start coping and learning how to cope. I didn't do the counseling thing. Um, I maybe should have, but I didn't. So, but just talking to someone, learning how to do deal and cope with things is very, very high up there, I think on the advice. And one thing I learned too, just working in the groups, having you in the group and working with other clients one-on-one in the, since you know, in the past three years, four years is now I actually have lengthened the one-on-one program to 12 oh. weeks and we work on two relationships because oh. I think, yeah, because I think that, you know, it's not this one and done. Mm-hmm. Um, I think once you work on one and then you work on another significant relationship, it kind of solidifies what you're learning. And mm-hmm. I think it just helps to uh, really get a hang of the process because it is a learning. It's a little bit of a learning curve. You know, it's new knowledge, it's new tools. And so I'm, I'm happy to report that I've learned that you can't just work on one. It's mm-hmm. working on two can help get that ball rolling so that you feel like this really does impact me in a positive way. Mm-hmm. Um, how I have is, to agree. Yeah. You, you, you kind of wish it would have been two. <laughs> Yeah, but I can tell that I've done it not to the full capacity, but like I've done it with other people in my life. Mm. Not not probably as in depth or whatever, but I have done it with other relationships. That's good to hear. <laughs> so how do you think it's going through this program and your, as your kids are getting a little bit older now and maybe asking different questions, you know, how has the going through the program and what you learned influenced your parenting maybe, and even you Mm -hmm. yourself, like in how you parent. So I remember specifically part of the class, we made this timeline and you're like, your dog dying, your fish dying, like that can impact every little thing in your life. And so I try to, we try to explain things like Easton kind of a few years ago, went through a thing with death. And so I got a few little kid books or whatever to be able to read to him. And now I can read those to Nori and Will. And um, I I think explaining things and making it so that they know, like, I feel like it was kind of taboo. Like you go to a funeral, like people die. That's what goes on in life. Well, you still need to process it. Like a dog dying, you still need to process it. We had a dog die a year and a half ago. Like we needed to process it as a family because it was kind of traumatic. So. I feel like that's helped me try to explain things to my kids too. Do you have any tips on how you did that with your children? Let them ask the questions and no, don't let them feel like 
questions are bad or any question is bad, just ex- like let them ask the questions and um, give them the answers that they need and don't fuel the fire, but don't make it taboo. Don't make it like you shouldn't talk about it. Hush, hush. Right. Be honest. Help your children yeah. be emotionally honest. You know, yeah. if they're angry. Let them be angry about yeah. their dog dying. You know, that's yeah. okay. <laughs> You know, My oldest is very an empath and he feels a lot. So I have to do all the emotions with him. <laughs> That's good. I mean, and there has to be space for that, especially as a child who takes mm-hmm. kind of in everything around them. Um, it can be very over the world can be very overwhelming. Even the news, what, you know, mm-hmm. it's like you're watching the news and you talking to your friend and your friend maybe went through something and then your dog dies, you know, like all these sad, heavy things um, can really be devastating to a child who is highly sensitive. And so thank you for bringing that up, that not a lot of parents really consider that their child isn't a crybaby, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because a lot of parents might say, quit being a crybaby. Mm-hmm. It's, you, they're just sensitive, mm-hmm. more sensitive. He That's had me. a classmate that had a father pass away a few years ago. And well, I guess it's been a year, a year and a half. And he he said, that's so sad. And, you know, I said, well, you just need to be a good friend. You need to be there for him. And so I think that, I mean, he asked a lot of questions about that too. So he feels a lot. (laughs) Any resources that you have found that you have utilized yourself other than grief recovery or anything Um, else that you'd like to share? I really haven't. I don't use money. If I do, I would go to like Pinterest and sometimes there's worksheets or something, but, um, for the kids. Oh, well. And so I, I had put it out there because Easton was very interested on, on death and everything. And so I put out there like on Facebook, what, um, people did and they, I can't, I have the book in one of their bookshelves, but there is a book about death. It has, it's like dinosaurs and stuff and kind of explains things. Um, and I think I asked my pastor too, actually I did. I, and I said, well, can you talk to him about it? Like, is there like, can he ask you questions? And, um, but I got this book and then he did some research too, and gave me some other book titles and I don't have those at the moment, but on me. Um, but yeah, so I did go to my pastor and ask him and we have driven around cemeteries before and talked about things too. So, and even art, yeah, a lot of children to express themselves through art. Like play, play doh, crayons, colors, watercolors, in that way too. We got memorial flowers for the dog. (laughs) Yeah, Easton and his dad saw them in the store, so they got her memorial flowers. So that's good. good. He still talks about her. He talks about the cat that passed away four years ago. So he he remembers a lot. (laughs) And how old is he now? He's seven. Old enough to understand. Yes. He'll, he'll say, I miss this person. I miss this person. I wish I could have met this person. Like he knows. And so many adults will underestimate what children truly understand. You know, I was eight Mm -hmm. when my dad passed away and people just didn't think I understood, you know, it's like, okay, well, you you see your, (laughs) yeah, you see your dad in a coffin and then, you know, he's put in the ground and then you don't see him anymore. It's like, okay, well, I understand they're not in my life anymore. And that's really sad. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, don't tell me I don't understand, <laughs> you know, if mine's understanding at five, six, seven, you definitely were understanding at eight. 
by three years old, yeah, learned yeah. 75% of how to respond to life. Yeah. Well, and at three, adults. that's when he was asking about death. So yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Three and, and four. And I'm glad this came up too, because um, it's been something that I've, I've said before, I think on a different podcast episode, but I need to put resources uh, for books, for children yeah. and stuff on my website. Um, and you need to have a class for children too. You can't actually work I with know. children. That is <laughs> yes, the unfortunate right? thing. Yeah. That's, you have to take another class, right? Well, I, I can work with the adults of oh. the children. So oh. there's a, the program helping children with loss, but it's for the adults to help oh. the adults work with their own children. Okay. Um, and that's through the book. Actually, this might be a good resource for you. When Children Grieve mm. um, is the other um, companion book to the grief recovery method is when children grieve and our helping children with loss program is based on that book. So that would be a resource um, for anyone listening, but there is actually a program that um, I had a guest on my podcast and she started an organization called shielding hearts. And I am going to look, I have to, I've told her and I plan to look into her program, because this program, you actually work with the kids, but it's not, it's, um, it's kind of along the lines of art and things, but you bring it into schools, the school system. So I'm, yeah, I'm going to look into doing that. So it's, I'm not a licensed social worker. So that's where some, Mm. yeah, get, get the poo poo on that Mm -hmm. (laughs) working with kids, but it is a passion of mine for sure, because I've, I've been there. So I understand that children just don't necessarily have that person in their life where they can feel like they can open up and share because oftentimes what happens too, is let's say dad or someone close to you is dying or sick and if, or or passes away and your, your child is asking, what about grandpa? And and then you don't want to talk about it because it makes you sad. So then your child doesn't talk about it because they don't want to make you sad. So then what happens is, is nobody's talking about it. Mm-hmm. And it's this thing that you just don't talk about. You don't, you don't talk about grandpa. You don't talk about grandma or whoever it is that passes away. Mm-hmm. Um, so what are you looking forward to in the next three years? Um, <laughs> surviving three kids, <laughs> getting them all in school, right? Yeah. Yeah. One won't be, but the other ones will be. Yeah. But, um, just building our life and, um, working, still working on our relationships. Like even me and my husband, we, I mean, we're constantly learning every single day. Like, I don't think you ever, I feel like you learn about your, your spouse and everything, but I feel like you just, you're learning together every single day because you've, some things you've never dealt with or, you know, your kids are getting older. So then situations change and you just learn. I mean, we're learning constantly together um, how to handle things and how to deal with things. And I just see us having so much fun as a family. And also I know in the next three or 10 years, probably we're going to be seeing some losses in our family and that we're going to have to deal with. And that's something that I'm dreading, but it's just reality, I guess. And it's not going to be fun <laughs> for any of tools, my parents. But yeah, you have tools. Yeah. Yeah. And I got to say too, like, just, is there anything that you would like to discuss about being in the trenches of motherhood and, and, you know, cause you can kind of feel like 
because you weren't anticipating, right? You weren't anticipating being a mother at all, <laughs> right? And so, like now being kind of in the, I'll, I'll say in the trenches of it. You know, I was we were just talking about this, some friends and I just the other day, and I said, "Yep, you know, people always told me the days are long, but the years are short, mm-hmm. and it's so true. It is <laughs> it's so true." You know, and when you're in the trenches of it, it's like, it's really easy to lose yourself. So Mm -hmm. how do how, how are you doing in as far as that goes, if you're open to sharing? I go through my little tiffs where I'm like, I can't keep this house clean. And I get my little crying moments where I'm like, I'm a bad mom and blah, blah. But the last couple of days, I realized like the house can be messy. It will get clean, be clean someday. And We've been outside all day because it's been so beautiful. And that to me is the best medicine. And that's what's what makes my kids happy, what makes all of us happy. And dad is busy working in the field. And so we miss him terribly, but we just, we um, play and we have fun. And when we can be with him, we do. And we have fun with him too. And um, life's just crazy. And I always say when it slows down, but it never has yet. <laughs> it's just crazy busy and I just let them enjoy life and we play and play and play and eat and eat and eat and <laughs> clean and clean and clean and I just think uh you have to just have a little bit of faith and hope and everyone tells you like just relax you'll have kids you know when you're going through infertility and that's not always the case sometimes you just have to take life into your own hands and believe in science and god put science on this world for a reason and I think that IVF was a beautiful thing for us and our third baby was a beautiful thing for us. And the first one was also beautiful because we didn't think we were ever going to get that chance. So I just think life is beautiful and it's short and you just need to really enjoy it. And it's too short to be miserable. Obviously you go through those moments where you're not miserable, but you're just sad. And I feel like you have to be sad to you. It's a balance. You can't always be happy, 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 I guess. Well, and that can be exhausting too, to put on that yeah. front of always yeah. like, you know, it's, I'm fine. Yeah. You know, and you're, it, that takes effort and energy. It's a, it's a waste of effort and energy instead of, yeah. it takes less energy to be emotionally honest. Like, no, I'm not good today. I kind of need a mental break. Yeah. Well, my kids need mental breaks sometimes too. Yeah, <laughs> right. And from each other. Yeah. That's the hard balance too. It's like, that was the hardest part I think for me too, is like trying to find that individual time. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like that firstborn gets so much attention and Mm -hmm. then the second one comes along and it gets a little harder, but that third, (laughs) it's really tough. Throws a wrench into things. Yeah. It's really tough to like, to feel like you're giving each child what they need, you know, so that Mm -hmm. you can feel like you're failing in a lot of ways, but you know, you, you do the best you can and, um, and lean on each other. Like you, you, sh- you have friends, you have other moms or dads or whatever, like lean on people, you know, cause they're going through the same thing. They just maybe don't show it as much, or you don't think they do, or, you know, you might think you're alone. I just heard of, uh, there's a couple of working moms, um, and they exchange like their days off, like they're watching oh. each other's, like, that's how they do it. They, their kids, they're, both newborns or new or new parents and they're that that's what they do so they just you know they're raising each other's kids they're doing it together and I think that's a beautiful thing that you can find in friendship Mm -hmm. Um, you know if you have that support and if you don't find it create it ask 
you know, how many people are so afraid to ask, Hey, I have this idea. What do you think? You know, if we just, mm-hmm. you know, here's one tip that I'll I'll share with you. And it, it, <laughs> it is something that we still talk about to this day. Our kids talk about it to this day is so I don't live on a farm. I never have, but a friend of ours did and, or does, and we would have what's called farm days. <laughs> so everybody brought their kids to the farm and like mm-hmm. the rest of us had, well, two of us were lived on farm, two of us lived on farms and two of us were city gals. Right. But anyway, everybody brought their kids, the water, water games, whatever they did. And we just got together, like us women, moms got to talk and catch up. The kids got to have fun doing whatever they were doing. It was the best. It was the best. And, you know, we did this in the summer sometimes, and those are the best memories. And oftentimes Mm -hmm. they weren't even planned. Mm -hmm. Hey, let's just have a farm day today. And Mm -hmm. it doesn't always work, of course, because things and the phases of life, right? You go with the Mm -hmm. phases of life. Now, most of like, there's. Yeah, two of us now, two of the four have, well, three of the four have day jobs outside, you know, like we have places we need to be and mm-hmm. things we need to do. So it doesn't always happen, but that's my tip. Create a farm day. Ask yeah. your girlfriends, you know, especially the other friends that live on farms, just get together, bring the kids, mm-hmm. make it a We tradition. have crazy ideas. Sometimes we go to the zoo with all of our kids and we're like, why did we do this? But then in the end, it's really fun for them. Yeah, and they might cry on the way home because they're so tired, but but that's what I'm saying. You don't even need to drive anywhere. You don't yeah. need to like take them out anywhere. You don't need to like mess with the strollers and the diaper mm-hmm. bags and da 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 da. Just come together <laughs> yeah. in one spot and just let them explore and find bugs. We, we and- do try to get together with friends, but it's I mean everyone's so busy. It's kind of we just need to, and that's my thing too. Is like you just got to make the time. Yeah. Just ask. Yeah. And I, you know, a friend of mine too, she was like, you know, she, she'll ask me and I'll say, ah, I just, I can't today. But, and I told her just recently too, I'm like, you know what? This was a good idea. We went kayaking. Mm-hmm. She's like, I was like, this is a good idea. She's like, I guess I just, I said, just never stop asking. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a never, it wasn't planned. It was like, she was, she wanted to go. So she's like, Hey, I'm, I want to go kayaking. You want to go? Yeah, I'll go. You know, it's Mm -hmm. so I think a lot of the times it's the spontaneous things that is where the best memories are made. So Mm -hmm. that's my suggestion to any mom. (laughs) Just get together with the girlfriends. It's important. It matters. It makes a difference for your. And you need to make time for yourself, too. That's true, too. That's true. Get a babysitter. Don't. I know it's expensive and I know like, oh, my gosh, I have to have a babysitter watch my kids but get the babysitter because you need to have your own time you need to have date nights like we don't definitely don't don't do enough date nights which we will someday when the kids are older right now we just we're focusing on our children but get the babysitter yeah and speaking of which people might be listening and be like your house is really quiet for three kids do you have a babysitter uh, this summer i got my littles into daycare for two and a half days a week so Good they're at you. daycare today and my older one, I made him shush out of the house for a little while. <laughs> he might come in here in a little bit. I told him a half hour. So that's about coming up. Yeah. <laughs> no, so that's good. I mean, that you're taking your own advice, right? I mean, mm-hmm. even if it's just one day a week, you know, I do work. 
um, at McTwist, the Dairy Queen in town, mm-hmm. one day a week. So I, I get an adult interaction. <laughs> and that's important. Yeah. And that is kind of you time. That is mental health time. It is. Right? Oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah. It's, it's only for like six hours, but I love it. <laughs> it's something to look forward to, to get out of the house. Right. Yeah. And just, yep. yeah. And not if I'm have here, to... I'm like, oh, I need to do this and I need to do that. And, and leave yeah. the house without a diaper bag. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. Exciting. Or having, <laughs> did I forget a kid or. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm so glad things have really just the sun has just been shining on your life and that's i'm so happy to have been able to catch up with you uh today and thank you for sharing what's been up with you yeah (laughs) and you know i do offer alumni groups (laughs) i I may have to do that (laughs) yeah well and i can do it online now too oh don't have to pack a diaper bag (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yeah, so I'll have to maybe get something like that lined up in the future. Yeah. Is there There's anything? A few of us around. <laughs> yes, there are. Is there anything else that you would like to share? Um, I don't think so. Just live life to the fullest because it's so short. You never know. You never know. You never know. That's for sure. Especially as you just described, you know, that accident that happened right you just mm-hmm. you don't know you can mm-hmm. leave your house one day and not walk in the door later yeah so yeah oh I was going to ask you too um do you ever go out to the farm where your husband's working and have a picnic with the kids we go out there because we have a horse named Marlin oh. and the kids want to go see the horse all the time so we go see Marlin quite often okay but where your husband is farming though. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. We, well, we take him food and I actually have to take him chemical. He called me right before this and said, can you bring me some chemical? Oh. <laughs> so I'm also farm wife. Like I have, yeah. And we want to move to the farm someday. So okay. we'll be out there probably in a few years, I would say. Oh, so you're not on the farm. Nope. We're in town. We live in his oh, grandma's okay. house. We bought his grandma's house. Oh, my mistake. Yeah. But we will move to the farm. His parents live out there, but they're kind of transitioning. So. Well, farm days are in your future. I bet. Yeah. So women can come (laughs) to my house for farm days (laughs) because I plan to have all the things. My husband's like, Oh, we're going to have a funny farm. And I'm like, you better believe it. I'm going to that exotic animal sale and we're going to have fainting goats and (laughs) peacocks. (laughs) Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Patty. And, um, it's been, so fun catching up with you and I wish you a wonderful rest of 2023. It's halfway. We're halfway Halfway, through. That's crazy. (laughs) Time goes too fast. (laughs) Sure does. Well, Well, many blessings to you and your family. You too. Thanks. Thanks. And remember when you unleash your heart, you unleash your life. Much love. From my heart to yours. Thank you for listening. If you like this episode, please share it because sharing is caring. And until next time, give and share compassion by being a heart with ears. And if you're hurting, know that what you're feeling is normal and natural. Much love, my friend.